0: Last week, I talked to you a little bit as we started about my connection with Kings Grant Baptist Church in years past. Since Jenny sang such a beautiful song for us, I'm going to talk about her grandfather just a moment. Because Junie Foster in 1970, that's a long time ago, folks. In 1970, Junie Foster at Thayolin Baptist Church invited this 28-year-old man, like I told you, it's a long time ago, (laughs) to come to Thayolin as minister of education. And I accepted that call from the Lord and from Junie, and I came there and served for three years. And that was my introduction to Virginia Beach. So, Jenny, thank you through for, on behalf of me and my wife and for your grandfather, and I appreciate you singing. And uh, I know as you do that, you love the man, and God bless him, and he did. God blessed him and us, and I had a wonderful three years there. And he and the Lord... And all that we did reached a lot of people. That was an exciting time. And I tell you, folks, for some reason, I just can't get away from Virginia Beach. I keep trying to run away, and the Lord says, go back, go back, go back. Because after three years at Thaylen, I left and went to Fort Worth, Texas, where I'd already been for my master's degree. I went there to get a Ph.D. in, in counseling. And I thought that I was gone from Virginia Beach. And the Lord said, nope, go back to Virginia Beach. So in 1977, I came back here and we spent, I think it was 24 years here in Virginia Beach. And we did all sorts of things in ministry and counseling. And I had a mission uh, project down in the beachfront for 13 years, which was, to be honest, the most exciting 13 years of my life. And then we left Virginia Beach again, and we ended up in Pennsylvania with my younger daughter who had just graduated from Messiah College, and we were there four years serving the Lord and doing campus ministry and a lot of exciting things, and I was praying one day, and I said, Lord, I know you want me to go someplace, but I don't know where, and he said, go back to Virginia Beach. And I said, what? <laughs> I've already been there twice, Lord. He said, well, you're going back again. And we came back in 1998 from Pennsylvania. We moved to the beachfront again. And I've been in this area ever since, except in 2008, we moved to Isle of White County. That's somewhere out in the country about 50 miles west of here, folks, if you don't know where... Franklin and Windsor and those kind of places are, but we love it out there. And now, for the fourth time, because I have the privilege of being here with you folks, God has said, go back to Virginia Beach. So, here I am. And I love the fact, it thrills me to know that God orders my life. And guess what? If you allow him, he will also order your life. Now, that's a very important thing. Because sometimes we think we're in charge of our lives. And I have to tell you that once we sign on, if you want to put it like that, once we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible tells us that we have to give up our lives. I hope you know that, but the Bible also tells us when we give up our lives, He will give them back in much, much more measure. And I am so pleased, because I know that to be the fact, because the past years, all of that that I just said, plus a lot of other wonderful experiences, God has given me back, and me and my wife, and has blessed us, And we've lived by faith and by dependence on him and by following him. And I have what I call God assignments. It's almost like being in the military. He says, go here and do this. And I go there and do this. And then he says, okay, you've taken care of that. Go here and do this. Over and over and over and over. I'm thrilled about that. And I don't know that I intended to say that, but maybe there's somebody in here that needs to understand that God orders our life. So Jenny, thank you for singing, and thank you for your family. And her mom was in here, and she said she was going to sneak out, but she had to hear her daughter sing. So God bless y'all. Now, what am I going to talk to you about today? Now, I told you last week what I was going to talk about. I told you what I was going to talk about for the next five Sundays that y'all have me before you. Does anybody remember what I'm going to talk about today? Wow, people are listening. I'm pleased. Thank you. I am thrilled to talk to you about prayer. And I, if I have a title for this sermon, I would call it The Privilege of Prayer and the Necessity of Prayer. So I'm pleased to talk to you about that because, in fact, it is a great privilege. And I think sometimes we take it too lightly. But it is a great privilege for us to be able to pray to Almighty God. It is one of the greatest gifts that He has given to you and me. And He gives it to every one of us as we will take it and use it and practice it, and do it in proper ways. And we're going to talk some about that today. We're going to go to scripture passages and put a foundation on this whole thing of prayer. And then, toward the end of the service, we're going to pray for a minute, or two, or maybe five, or ten, I don't know. Remember, God's ordering our day. But the privilege of prayer, it is indeed a privilege. Let me ask you a question. And I want you to raise your hand. How many of you have ever ever had a face-to-face personal conversation with a president of the United States? Please raise your hand. I see one, two. Okay. Well, that even surprises me a little bit. But that's fine. How many of you have had a conversation with the governor of the state at any time in your life? I see a couple more at back there. How many of you have ever talked to a king or a queen? No, None of you have ever talked to a king? Have you talked to a king? What king? Amen. And I didn't plant him in the congregation this morning. Please understand that I haven't ever had a privilege of talking to a president. I'm not political at all. Or a governor. But I've talked to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And the Bible tells us that we're to do that continually. And it is a privilege that we talk to our Lord and Savior because he listens and he talks back. I want you to realize this because I want to talk to you today about how is the best way to talk to him and to realize that he speaks back to you and me because he is our Father, he is our Lord, he loves us, and he has invited you and me into this place this morning and into his family for your entire life and your entire eternity. What a joy that is. But now let me tell you this. I talk to a lot of people, have for all these many years, about the Christian life. It's one of my favorite topics. And I realize, and maybe there are those of you sitting here in this group this morning, where you have some problems with praying. You sometimes think, well, I don't know if he really does talk back. Or I'm not even sure if he answers my prayer. Or sometimes when we are talking about praying, and particularly if we're in a prayer group, and we get prayer requests, and people just talk and talk and talk, but right toward the end of the group of prayers, they they say, oh, well, maybe we ought to pray instead of talking about all of our prayer requests. And you get a little bored with that. Maybe I'm talking about me, but I get a little bored with that. Because if we're talking about prayer, I want, to be t- I want to be praying. So we're going to talk about some of the ways that you can have power in your prayer time. Because I want to lay a phrase out in front of you. And the phrase is, is that in prayer, we need to seek God's face rather than just seeking his hand. Now, I want you to think about that for just a moment. Seek God's face instead of seeking his hand. What in the world would I mean by that? Sometimes I believe we seek his hand most all of the time when we're praying. We say, God, give me this. God, I need that. Bless me here. Give me strength. Please heal and help this person and that person. We make requests all the time. Now, it's not wrong to make requests. Please hear me carefully. In fact, the Bible teaches us to make requests. However... I used a phrase last week that is a little bit of a slang, kind of a crude thing. I said sometimes we treat prayer like a vending machine prayer. We go to the vending machine and we push that button, we push that button, we push that button. And so we go to God similarly. We think we can push those buttons and he just gives us and out from the vending machine comes or sometimes some people call it a grocery list prayer. Now, those are inappropriate terms to put on the great gift and privilege that God gives us. But I would have to admit, and I hope that you will be honest with the Lord and with yourself, and sometimes that's what we do. We say, oh, I don't feel good today. Oh, my finances are difficult. God, please give me guidance here. Now, again, it's okay to do that. But that's what I call seeking his hand. His hand. But are you looking at his face? Now, what does it mean to seek his face? To look into the face of Almighty God through your spiritual eyes in a prayer experience is very important because when you see his face, you see the very essence of his character. And what is his character? It is a character of love, of forgiveness, of provision, yes, but of continuation, of security, of peacefulness. That is the face of God. And it, listen carefully, it is to be praised. And it is to be treated with absolute thanksgiving before... We ask for this and that and this and that. Now, I told you it was okay to make requests. And we're going to illustrate that through Scripture here in a little bit. But I'm saying before, and in fact, doesn't it make sense that God is so good to you and me? God is, and the Bible says we're to enter into His presence with thanksgiving and praise. And then... Where to make the request? Now, here in the last, I would say, twenty to thirty years, in the church, there's been a great movement, which I think is just absolutely wonderful. And a man by the name of Daniel Henderson has written a book called "Transforming Prayer." And the whole business of transforming prayer is to make it a worship based prayer experience. Now, I want you to think about that. Rather than just seeking God's hand with give me, give me, give me, the whole atmosphere, the whole objective of this has changed to the fact that when we worship and adore and love and praise and give thanksgiving to Almighty God, then he, since he already knows what we need, then the, the request have power. Now, we are to be humble before the Lord. We're to know that he's God and we're not. <laughs> and this humility is a part of this worship-based prayer. And so I find it really interesting because at the very end, outset of Jesus Christ teaching us how to pray, that wonderful passage from the sixth chapter of Matthew that Carlos read for us a moment ago. The first statement of the model prayer, the first section of the model prayer, 2,000 years ago when Jesus says, this is how you are to pray, what does that first section say? Our Father, who are in heaven, hallowed, holy is your name. Isn't that praise? Isn't that thanksgiving? Isn't that an absolute declaration? Now, God knows that his whole being is holy. So why would Jesus teach us to make that wonderful statement of praise at the very outset? Because you and I need to focus on that. You and I need to declare that. You and I need to celebrate that. That our Father, now isn't that a great statement? He is our Father. Now let me caution you. I imagine in this group of people, there are at least a few people that didn't have a real great earthly father. I told you last week, and I have to say this because it's a big part of my life. I am a counselor. I'm a Christian counselor. Now, that's the term that I use, but I am a trained psychologist. Please don't let that scare you, okay? Because it is in the Lord. And as a counselor, I have dealt with a lot of people that have struggled with their earthly father, struggled desperately with their earthly father. It breaks my heart because I am a father and a grandfather and a great-grandfather. But it is a fact that some of you in here, I would hope not, but some of you in here have struggled with your earthly father. So when we pray and pray to our Father in heaven, please understand that our Father in heaven is the absolute perfection of fatherhood. In his love, in his unconditional love, in his forgiveness, in his patience, in his communication, in his desire for you and I to have what we need to live a peaceful, godly, Christian life. So our Father, who is in heaven, and it is his heavenly home, but it says, Holy is your name. Just a wonderful statement of declaration of the character of Almighty God. And then, your kingdom come. Your will be done. Where? Think about that. Where? It says on earth, but that's got to mean that it's going to come in you and me. Your will be done. Your kingdom come. In me. In Don Solomon. Or in you as a man or a woman. In God's plans. Now. Please take that personally. Because that's what it means. So. Holy is your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. On earth. In me. As it is in heaven. Because there. You are submitting yourself to the very plan and power of Almighty God. This privilege that we have is designed to bring about in our life and in our families and in our church not your will, not my will, but God's will. And that's what this model prayer is saying, that that is what it is to be. And so, please submit. Now, I know you don't like that word. I know for a fact. I have never met a human being that is thrilled about submitting to somebody else or to some power above us. We have something in us. I'm sorry, I'm being a psychologist again. But we have something in us that says, No, I don't want to submit. I want to be God of my own life. What a tragedy. Because he surely knows more about it than I do. But that's a part of our humanness, our selfishness. That's a part of our sin. And so please submit. The prayer goes on to say, and here, once we have established and laid the foundation of worship and praise to Almighty God, then give us this day our daily bread. And that's exactly what it means. God, please provide for us the things that are the essence of life that we need every day. Bread, relationships, emotions, health, all that is needed for you and me to lead lead a peaceful life. And then it says, Lord, please forgive us of our sins. We use the term trespasses or debtor debts and debtors. But please forgive us of our sins as we forgive others as they sin against us. Now, I want you to think about that for a moment. Do you have trouble admitting and facing the fact that you and I are sinners. Now you would say, no, we're in the church. We know that's what the Bible teaches. We know we've fallen short of the glory of God. Sure. But do you have trouble admitting that? Do you, do you want to hide that? Do you want to stay away from that? Well, please don't. <laughs> God already knows. And so just admit that before His wonderful face. And understand that his face, remember, indicates his character, his love, his forgiveness, his his beauty. And so when you're worshiping God, you can't hide from him. So, Lord, please forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And certainly we must. Let me say a word to you about forgiveness here just for a moment. The Bible teaches us to forgive. You know why it teaches us to forgive? Well, yes, it's very, very important for relationships, but it's very important for you. Because if you carry around grudge and anger and some betrayal that has happened to you from a spouse or from a family member or from somebody in the church, it's going to do more damage to you than it does to anybody else emotionally. Because anger carried around is an agony to your spirit. And so God wants you to be at peace. So forgive others. And then lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil. God is against Satan. I want to tell you something. In 1975, 6, 7, I finished my doctorate at Southwestern Seminary in Fort Worth, Texas. I was a young psychologist. I was involved with a bunch of other psychologists. We all thought we knew a lot. A little arrogance and conceitedness, folks. And I confess that before you. Pride, pride, pride. I was Dr. Solomon. I'm just darned like anybody else. But one of the things that I thought about in my pride was... I don't know about this thing, Satan. I'm not sure he's really real. It's all human struggles and human irresponsibility. And that was in the mid-70s. We're all the way up here in whatever year this is, 22. I'm sorry, I lose track. (laughs) I've learned an awful lot about Satan in the last 40 or 50 years. I've learned that he is real and he is good at what he does. And as the Bible says, he's walking around the earth wanting to devour you and me. So please understand that God has already defeated him in the person of Jesus Christ. And 1 John 4, 4 says the power that is within you is greater than the power that is within this world. And so... In our prayers, seeking the face of Almighty God, we can say, deliver us from evil. Take Satan away from us, our Father, and he already has. You just got to live there. Now, I want to take you to another very powerful passage of Scripture, and we hear it a lot. We read it a lot. It is absolutely powerful, but I want you to walk through it with me for just a minute. And this is all the way back over in the Old Testament. Remember, the whole Bible is God's word to you and me. So back over in 2 Chronicles, it says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, And seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. And I have to say, the implication is there is that I will heal their life, I'll heal their marriage. I'll heal their families. I'll heal their church. Wouldn't that make sense? That's part of his gift to you and me. But I want you to realize that it says, If, now that's a huge two-letter word. If my people called by my name. Now, we are Christians. You know what that means? Followers of Jesus Christ. So wouldn't you say that we're called by His name? We are following His name? That we're committed to His name? That's part of our being here this morning. And so if my people that are called by my name will humble themselves. Now I'm stopping on purpose. I didn't forget what I was going to say. Okay? Will humble themselves. Remember, you are selfish. Now, I'm not throwing darts at you. I am selfish. In fact, I will say to you that if you're not selfish, you come and talk to me after we get through today because I ain't ever met one of you before. Everybody I know has a selfish nature. So to humble yourself, you have to be willing to submit Humility doesn't mean that you're a little weak, mamby-pamby kind of man or woman and just know nothing, do nothing. No, that's not humility. That's not humbling yourself. Humbling yourself means that you know that He's God and you're not, that He's the one that's in charge and you're not, that you will submit and give yourself to Him. So if, if you will humble yourself and pray and do what? Seek my face not his hand but my face his hand i mean his face please understand we must seek the face the personal relationship with almighty god but if we will seek his face in a spirit of humility and do what turn from our wicked ways, our selfishness, our sins, if we will humble ourselves and pray and seek His face and turn from our wicked ways, we get a promise. Pay attention. It is a promise from Almighty God, our Heavenly Father. He says, I will hear their prayer from heaven and I will forgive their sin do you want your sins forgiven? Do you want the slate erased? Do you want the freedom of knowing that you're righteous because of Jesus Christ, because of God in your life? I do. So if we will do this seeking God's face and being humble and turning from our wicked ways, then He will hear us. He hears your prayers when it is based on the principles that we're talking about. Sometimes we don't think he hears. Please understand that we are to pray in the worshipful, praising spirit of which I'm speaking today. And then he will hear our prayer, forgive our sins, and I will ask you this about the last phrase of that wonderful passage of Scripture. Do you need healing? Does your family need healing? Is there discord and brokenness in you and your family, and your relationships? Is there discord and brokenness in this church? Is there something that needs healing? God himself, almighty God, through this scripture, is promising you and me that he will heal. But we got to take it and do what he says. One more scripture passage that's very, very powerful right now. And I give this scripture passage to many of my clients because many of my clients are worried, they're fearful they're scared to death because you're worried most everybody i know worries in the fourth chapter of philippians in a matter of prayer done properly it says do not be anxious now what is that word it is worry do not be anxious do not worry do not be fearful about anything Are you worried about anything? Are you completely free from worry? I don't think I meet very many people at all. I used to be, and even back when I was with your dear grandfather, I was an immature kid. (laughs) And I was insecure and I worried and I worried about everything and I worried about what people thought about me and I worried about what I said in front of people and I worried about... My health, and I worried about my family, and I worried about my finances, and I worried, 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 worried. worried. So I was the chief of worriers until I started understanding God's gift of peace. And in Philippians 4, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but with prayers and petitions, prayers in a worshipful spirit before Almighty God. And petitions asking and seeking what He can do for you. Remember, it's okay to seek. It's okay to ask. But you do it, and this passage of Scripture says, with prayers and petitions, with thanksgiving. There it is. Why is it there? Why is it there throughout Scripture? Because that is God's command, that is God's desire for us to come to Him and look Him in the face through prayer and to say, Lord, I thank you, I praise you, I thank you for this and that and this and that and this and that. And you're specific with Him and you're thankful in your spirit, in your mind, and your words. So do not be anxious about anything but with Him. Prayers and petitions with thanksgiving. You're thanking God and then you're requesting through your worship prayer the things that you need. Now listen carefully to what it says right after that. It says, Then the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Now, why and how does that happen? Because you go to your Heavenly Father, to Jesus Christ, to Almighty God, in a spirit of worship and thanksgiving, and you come to Him as His child, realizing that He is the perfect Father, and then he tells us in this Philippians four passage that the peace of God the very and I will preach to you someday if I get a chance the totality of scriptures talking about the peace of God, the twenty third Psalm, John fourteen twenty seven, John sixteen thirty three, many, many places. It says you can have the peace of God and you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be anxious. You don't have to worry about health or finances or relationships. You can be healed. Your family, your church, your personhood. And then the peace of God that passes all understanding. In other words, it is so magnificent nobody can understand it will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm very much in favor of being guarded by the Almighty God. I'd like to know, I do know, I live in the fact (laughs) that, yes, He is in charge. And this is all based on what? On you coming before your heavenly father. Seeking his face. And not just his hand. And knowing that he will take care of you. And you declare that with great thanksgiving. Now. I have spoken to you. The absolute truth of scripture and our heavenly father. We're going to take the next five minutes and I want everybody in this room, I don't want you thinking about anything else other than what God has said to you this morning. And I don't want you thinking about anything else other than the prayers that you want to say to your loving, wonderful, heavenly Father. I beg you to seek his face. I encourage you. To start your prayers. You're just going to pray silently. I'm not even going to let you or ask you to pray with your partner next to you. But right now for the next four or five minutes. I can't do all of what I just said. And then say okay thank you very much goodbye. We got to pray. So at least for five minutes. We certainly can give that to our wonderful heavenly father. So I want you to think, remember please, the model prayer says that you go to to your Father with worship and praise and thanksgiving. Our Father in heaven, your name is holy, your face is holy. So you praise and thank and give him the adoration and the love of your heart and spirit. And then, in this prayer that you're about to utter to your heavenly Father, then You make whatever request. You pray for other people. You pray for yourself. And make it real. This is not just a game, folks. The reality of the prayer is to be right here in this room for the next five minutes. I'm not going to say a word because you're going to be in face-to-face conversation with Almighty God. So please... Father, you are so good to us. You are holy. We love you because you loved us first. And your word is magnificent. You speak to us through Scripture. You speak to us through the Holy Spirit. You speak to us to others of your family. You are ever present in our life with love and forgiveness and blessings and provisions. How could we not help but adore you? And we come into your presence this day with thanksgiving and praise, and honor, and knowing that you are almighty God, the creator, the planner, the giver, the forgiver, giving us individually and families and a church all that we need, and we thank you. And we seek your face, the beautiful wonderful character and face of almighty God and we're so thankful that you have invited us into your family into your kingdom and that we have the privilege of praying and we know that it is necessary for our relationship with you and so we come humbly And completely submitting ourselves. Wonderfully expecting. The joys and the blessings. Coming from you father. And we thank you. And we pray in Jesus name. Amen.